Please turn with me to James 4, James 4, 1 through 10. This is the word of God. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure, that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? But he gives more grace. Therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you humbly this morning, asking that you would open our hearts and minds to your word. I pray that your Holy Spirit would move through your word to teach us what you would have us to understand and would strengthen us to live it. I pray that you would uh, strengthen me to speak it faithfully, that I would not speak my own words, but I would speak your words as these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you ever quarrel? Have you ever had an argument with a spouse, a brother, or a sister, or a friend? If your answer to any of these questions is yes, and my answer is yes to all of them, then this passage may be of some help in overcoming such quarrels. For in this passage, James offers us insight into our own hearts and gives us warnings, admonition, encouragement, and ultimately, hope. So, let's take a look at what James says about quarrels. James asks, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? Interestingly, James points out that our quarrels do not originate with others, at least not foundationally. Quarrels originate from within us first. You see, contrary to popular, popular psychology, which focuses on outward influences and behaviors, scripture teaches us that our outward sinful actions first originate from within our own sinful hearts. And elsewhere in the book of James, we are taught that confusion and every evil thing, every evil thing arises from self-seeking and envy and that our wars and fights stem from our desires for pleasure, our lust, our anger, and our covetousness. Now, desire in and of itself is not wrong. God gave us desires so that we could accomplish things. However, desires can be either righteous or sinful. And scripture teaches that there are two types of sinful desires. 
First, there, there are desires for wrong things. And second, there are selfish or inordinate desires, something that is desired too much or something that is a controlling desire. Now, I think that we all here have a pretty good understanding of what a desire for a wrong thing is out of the law of God. So I'm, today, I'm going to spend time focusing on the second, the selfish or inordinate desires. And I think that that particular sort of sinful desire is the kind that this passage in James is most interested in addressing. Now, James 4, verses 2 through 3, offer us a clue in this regard. Verse 2 states that you desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. A desire that is so strong and controlling that you are willing to murder for it, no matter how good a thing that you're desiring is, is an evil, sinful desire. To covet is to be consumed with desire. An inordinate and controlling desire, certainly, and even more so if that desire leads to fight and quarrels. Verse 3 states that you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly, dispendent on your passions. This is an example of a desire of something being desired for the wrong reasons. Implied here is that whatever it is, whatever it is that is being asked of God, God would have given it had the asker approached God with the right heart condition. Why is it that God has not given you an orderly home? Perhaps it is because your desire for an orderly home stems not from a genuine concern for your family's welfare, but from a selfish desire to appear outwardly faithful and to elevate yourself in the eyes of men. We just read in our consecration and confession about um, praying for men and not praying to God. Perhaps could be an example of that. Why is it that God has not given you obedient children? Perhaps it is because your desire for obedient children stems not from the wish to see them grow in godliness, but from a sinful, selfish desire to be free from irritation. Why is it, and this is something I'm very strongly convicted of, why is it that God has not given you more time to pursue reading and writing. Perhaps it has become your desire because your desire stems not from the wish to serve God with all your mind, soul, and strength, but from a selfish desire to control your own time instead of submitting your time to the requirements that God has placed on you to care for your family. Now, according to James, such selfish and evil desires are nothing short of adultery. Look what he says in verse 4. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. James is pointing out that the love of the world and all its sinful desires is adultery against God. Now, our inordinate desires for good things are sinful and entirely our own responsibility. Our desires entice us to evil and draws away from faithfulness. When an evil desire is first conceived, if left to mature in the womb of our hearts, it will give birth to sin. And sin, if left to grow, will bring us death. 
Do not be deceived, James says. Temptation and desire are crafty. If we allow it in our hearts, we may easily deceive ourselves, especially when that temptation comes in the form of sinful desires for good things. Our inordinate desires are wicked. The wars and the quarrels that arise from them are wicked. God is displeased with them. Our thoughts and actions are entirely on our own responsibility and arise from a hardened and idolatrous heart. They are unloving and damaging to all relationships. They inflict spiritual and emotional harm to those we love. And this is a very serious warning. But, James says, God gives more grace. Grace that is greater than all our sin, greater than all our sinful desires, greater than all the wars and the quarrels within us. We must go directly to God with our sinful desires and rely on his grace. We must rely on his forgiving grace to forgive us and cleanse us of our sins. And we must rely on his enabling grace to give us the strength through the Holy Spirit to follow his word and act as if as he wishes. Now you might be surprised to learn, however, that this grace comes with a stipulation. James Wright writes, Therefore it says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. To receive God's enabling grace not to sin, we must first submit to him. We must submit to him both in repentance and obedience. Again, and I love this, I would point you back to our our consecration and confession of sins. Psalm 51, it says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. And that is God's promise to you. He will not despise a broken and contrite spirit. With this in mind, James continues, Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. We must be broken over our sinful desires. We must see them for what they are as wicked and displeasing to God. If laughter and joy are being bought at the expense of sin, then such joy is evil, and it must be turned to mourning and gloom. Our evil desires must be purified from our hearts and our minds. James writes again, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. God is Lord not only over our actions, but our hearts as well. Proverbs 21.2 says that every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. If your desires, even for good things, are causing wars and quarrels with others or within your own soul, I'm reminded of what um, Paul says, that which I desire to do, I do not do, and that which I desire not to do, I do. If they're causing wars and quarrels within your own soul, I would encourage you to humbly weigh your heart and motives against the light of Scripture. If you resist God in your pride, God will resist you. 
if you submit to God in humility, by God's grace, you will have the strength to resist the temptation to sin. He says, the Lord shall regard the prayer of the destitute and shall not despise their prayer. So I'd like to conclude my time with you by again reading, uh, just reading through James 4, 7 through 8. James writes, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. You see, James does not give us a how-to solution for our sinful and inordinate controlling desires and the wars and the quarrels they produce. James gives us a whom-to, that is Christ. So now as we prepare to come to the table, I would like to simply and humbly ask each of us to examine our own hearts, to ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate in our hearts, to see if we are harboring any sinful, inordinate desires that are producing wars and quarrels within us, within our body, within our own hearts, our souls, or with those that we love. Let us humble ourselves before God and ask His forgiveness. And as we come to the table, let us come like Bunyan's Christian, laying down the burden of our sinful desire at the foot of the cross and rejoicing in the forgiving and enabling grace that we have received through Christ because it is in Christ that we ultimately find our hope. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus Christ, you are we are your inheritance, Lord God. You are our Lord. I just come before you asking your Holy Spirit um, that you would grant us humility, that we would not come before you in pride as the Pharisees did as you were entering Jerusalem. You are King. You are Lord Jesus Christ. You are Lord over our thoughts. You are Lord over our actions. You are Lord over our desires. Give us, cleanse us from evil desires. Give us right desires and give us the ability um, to be unselfish, um, May we come before you now in humility, rejoicing in the grace that you have given us. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.